The Trigger Report is recorded on Anchor FM and can be followed on the following platforms. Our website at www.thetriggerreport.com or you can simply search The Trigger Report on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. If you're willing to support as a pledge and earn some other perks along the way, please visit patreon.com slash woodbridgewrites. We appreciate you listening and supporting the program. I hope you enjoy tonight's show. Thank you. Hey everybody, thank you for joining me for tonight's edition of The Trigger Report. I'm not going to be having a co-host in the studio tonight unless my daughter decides to crawl over and start acting up. But we do have a very special guest in the studio. Uh, tonight we welcome uh, Jennifer Flowers. She is a candidate running for office for the Libertarian Party in Ohio. And we're going to go over her race, her obstacles, her successes, and what to look forward uh, from her. Uh, so uh, good evening, Jennifer. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Um, hey, I'm ecstatic to have you on. Uh, this will be uh, the first show here in a couple weeks because I tell you what, um, school has just been unreal, but winter break is here and I'm ready to kick things into high gear with some more podcasts. So maybe I can have you on again in the future. Uh, so yeah, um, tell me about yourself, uh, what you're running for and a little bit more about your background. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so my love of community and community engagement goes back to elementary school really um in elementary school we had god flag and country speech contests i don't know if you've ever heard of them oh, or, <laughs> or, oh. Or, oh yeah i mean we're talking way back um so i was always involved in those every year and i loved them it was such a good opportunity to kind of you know be involved in the community outside of school and from there i started studying the founding fathers and you know the, the, really the foundation of our country and uh that's kind of where it started uh, my degree is in secondary education i had minors in history and political science and i was actually going to teach high school history and government um that was cut short <laughs> during my student teaching uh because i was assigned to a career center um, where it was a, one of those hybrid career center schools where they spend half of their day in their academic core classes and the other half in like a vocational tech class. Okay. And okay. Great students. I loved them. I adored them. Amazing kids. I was quite literally forced to teach nothing but the Ohio graduation test prep. Ooh. Um, that was half of my day <laughs> teaching that class. The other half of my day was teaching government, which you think would be fantastic. I was so constrained. We weren't allowed to have debates. We weren't really allowed to have a whole lot of current events discussions. And to be honest, I just didn't really know how to really teach government and civics without bringing current events into it and it was just the height of when they were really starting to push the common core and oh, i yeah. decided that it was really not the right place for me oh no i can understand that perfectly i 
whenever I graduated high school, I had personally considered going into education myself. But whenever I started hearing from some peers that were a few years older than me that had started going into teaching, I think that was right around the same time frame where Common Core and where standardization really became a common theme in American education. And it was discouraging to me to hear about how little they could really do to educate it, it, you know there's a difference between teaching and educating and uh, th- they were more so teaching to the test than they were teaching to the kid and things like that which really concerned me absolutely i mean the students that i was teaching you know at the end of the semester i was teaching them government i really don't know if i made any kind of impact i really don't know if they even knew how to register to vote or knew what it actually meant to vote or how to research the current candidates that were up for election and and all of those things that you really need to have a foundation of actually being involved in the community. Absolutely. And I'm in a unique position. I had to drop out for a little bit after uh, my first year of college, and I'm just going back as an adult. And I was taking a freshman level history course this last semester. And it was amazing to me that despite my professor's best attempts to engage and encourage uh, the classroom, here I am 30 sitting in this room of like 18, 19, 20 year olds. And so many of them were, you know, by probably really no fault of their own, uh, just really ignorant to how to, like you said, to register to vote or the importance of different uh, positions or how the candidates deferred from one another. And, you know, it, it just ended up being a bit of a culture shock to me how little they cared or how little they were involved. Absolutely. It it still blows my mind that that's kind of how it is. And, my classmates from college, the ones that are still teaching, uh, man, I respect them so much. I, I couldn't imagine doing that in the environment that we have right now. But I just have so much respect because they, they're, good teachers are so critical. Right, right. And um, what's interesting with your background, you know, with you having um, minors in uh, political science, your background in history, your interest in politics, uh, let's hear about how your background best prepares you for this uh, race that you're about to engage in. And then tell us a little bit more about the race itself. So that is kind of one aspect of my background. The other aspect of my background is I've always been involved in volunteering in different aspects in the community. I've volunteered with an animal shelter, walking dogs, playing with cats, all those types of things. Um, I've been a chapter leader for my alumni association. I have helped to organize volunteer opportunities. Um, A couple years after graduating college, I had an opportunity to move out to Colorado for work. And nice. that My was my favorite state right there. Oh, <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> I love Colorado. I was actually born in Colorado and came out to Ohio when I was in elementary school and kind of always wanted to move back. So when I had the opportunity, I jumped on it. Um in the Can't five blame years, you. <laughs> yeah. In the five years that we were out there in Colorado Uh, That was when marijuana was legalized. That was when basically the population of Denver doubled. Um, I mean, it was 
it was a really crazy time to be out there. What we were realizing before we decided to move back to Ohio was that because of how quickly inflation was happening and how quickly, you know, the price of houses was raising and rent and just the way the whole economy was working, we were being priced out of being able to really, you know, have a retirement and a future had we stayed out there. And oh, absolutely. It, it's, it's horrendous out there. Uh, no, I, um, I actually started visiting Colorado um, frequently back in 2015. I actually ended up making uh, three or four trips out to Colorado that year alone. And I was just completely enamored with the state and the amount of personal freedom, you, you know, as far as, you know, of course, like the marijuana and just like a lot of the other social laws were very like lax out there. I, I could I felt free out there, you know, and I just but the economic side of things was just uh, unreal. I um, had job opportunities in Denver. My wife had job opportunities in Denver, but we would have to commute all the way out from the suburbs of Colorado Springs yep. <laughs> or all the way in from like say Fort Collins oh, if yeah. we were to able to remotely afford to you know, stay in the Denver area. And that's like, in the, especially in the winter, that's like a two hour commute from some of those places, which oh, is uh, easily. just mind blowing. It really is. It really is. So, I mean, I, I still love Denver and Colorado as a whole. Um, you're right. The, the level of like social freedom that's out there is completely astounding. But also <laughs> now with so many people moving from California and, you know, other states that have so much more restriction i mean i don't know if you followed the uh boulder uh gun ban that they're trying to shove through well actually it passed and now people are being told they're supposed to be registering their guns and i mean it's the just, dream on exactly. <laughs> okay so the number of boating accidents the number of boating accidents in boulder colorado just went up four thousand percent right easily <laughs> easily <laughs> So, you know, it's just like, it's, it's almost this whole like storm of perfect scenarios all put together that they just don't know what they want to do. And they're growing so rapidly that it's almost like they've lost the way they were 10 years ago. Right. It's kind of sad to see. And uh, one thing that I'm encouraged about, though, is that the Libertarian Party uh, has a pretty strong presence in Colorado, all things considered. There's a lot of strong libertarians out there. And honestly, they probably have the most libertarian governor now in the whole U.S. now that uh, Jared Polis has uh, taken over. Uh, He's one of my favorite Democrats, and I think he'll do an amazing job of uh, leading the state over the next few years. So we'll see how that ends up going. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Uh, All of that kind of came together and ended up moving back to Ohio. Um, We have family out here, so it made sense to come back here and um, ended up in the township that we're in right now, which is Prairie Township, right outside of Columbus, basically a suburb of Columbus. Uh, Right. So... It's convenient, it's affordable, it's 
kind of right on the edge of a bunch of farmland. Um, so it's a really unique kind of area where we are. And I think we just got so lucky to have found the house that we did and the neighborhood that we did. It just, it's great for us. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, originally from Chillicothe, Ohio myself. And okay. I, yes, and I lived and worked in Columbus for five or six years. And you're right, um, Columbus and Ohio in general are kind of a diamond in the rough in terms of affordability. And I think the Ohioan people uh, in nature are more open to a free way of life and a free way of thinking, but it's just kind of more about putting it to action and showing that it can be done in order for everybody to start kind of, uh, you know, considering the libertarian way of life and way of voting. I think you're right. And I think that, you know, since I first began being interested in politics back in high school, um, I just remember it being so pounded into everyone's heads here in Ohio that we are a swing state and we need to be very careful about how we vote and we need to, you know, and so I think that while mentally there is a lot ideologically that people identify with the Libertarian Party um, with here in Ohio, there's also an extreme amount of fear of shaking up the system and so that's also kind of this interesting dichotomy that i see when i talk to voters yes it's like uh, with the amount of people um in my generation in my social circle that i was talking to about the travis irvine campaign and trying to get everybody on board with voting for him for governor and really stressing the importance of keeping the lp on the ballot there after all the hard work and all the money uh, spent over the last few years and i was really excited i thought that he was going to clear uh the three percent or whatever the benchmark was but it, what, what are your thoughts on what happened there i know you put in a lot of hours and a lot of really hard <laughs> work on that campaign oh man um okay so <sighs> travis is a fantastic candidate and he's an even better person he is 100 percent genuine Um, No matter what he's talking about or, you know, what he's working on, he's totally genuine about it. So I, first of all, felt 100% comfortable with him being our candidate. And from an LP perspective, you know that that's a whole thing, the whole are you libertarian enough debate. Um, (laughs) So so that's kind of where I started with it. Um, As far as the numbers themselves... So in a governor's race here in Ohio, the 2018 election saw record-breaking voter turnout. So that's number one. Number two, um, Trump held a rally in Cleveland, I think it was like three days before the election or something like that. Um, How convenient. (laughs) I mean, really. Um, and the other factor that I think people don't know about because of how shady Republican politics are here in Ohio. Um, yeah, we have one month of early voting. So the Democratic and Republican candidates were beating each other up and beating each other up and beating each other up. 
the Republican didn't want to be really associated with the current governor. Um, Can't and, blame him. <laughs> of course not, because he's a mess, but that's a whole whole other conversation. But, oh, um, we he, could go on for hours about you know, uh, Kasich. Central Ohioans countering Kasich. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, those are fantastic little little clips right there. But um, so, you know, he, he set up his whole platform and his whole campaign about trying to set himself apart from Kasich. And in the end, two weeks after early voting had started and 500,000 people had cast their ballots, he and Kasich have this big party together and are talking about gun control together. And honestly, if I were a Republican voter, I would feel like that was a massive fraud against me. Uh, right. Because... Like, can, can I get my vote back? Can, can we <laughs> do take back this year? You know. <laughs> Sorry, my schedule made me vote a little early, but um, you're wrong, and I want it back. Uh, no, and, and I mean, to be honest, I, <laughs> I was telling my family, some of my family members, that all of that was going down just a couple days before the election, and they just looked at me in like complete shock, like. They didn't think I was lying because they didn't think I would lie about something like that. But then they did the research. And they're like, holy cow, this is what what is going on? And I'm like, I've been yeah. telling you this. And what's crazy is the conversations I was having with some people in Ohio. I was, you know, I was targeting some really pro-gun people uh, that were probably leaning to wine. And I told them about that mess. But, of course, they were like, well, I'm sorry, I still, ha- even though I disagree with that in principle, I still have to vote for him because we have to stop the Democrats. And that whole opposition voting mentality is just really, we need to b- find some way to break that once and for all because it's getting to be too much, in my opinion. Oh, yes. I think that the level of division, I... That- the founding fathers never wanted political parties. I, I think that they right. saw it as inevitable in one respect. But I mean, you look at George Washington's farewell address, and he's literally warning us about foreign entanglements and political parties. How much more clear can it be that these are the two biggest problems I see as plaguing our nation as a whole right now? Uh, it, it's just, it, it's madness that we just keep doing this when both parties are the same like here's an example okay so my philosophy (laughs) is that all politics are local and you know decisions are made by those who show up that's that's my whole thing i go to this candidate forum a couple weeks before the election for my state house rep and the Republican and the Democrat candidates, and there was no Libertarian. Maybe I should have stepped up. Well, that'll be a whole other thing. Um, but right. <laughs> the Republican and Democrat candidates both said that they favored expanding Medicare, favored gun control, mm. and favored mm. raising the minimum wage. And I'm like, quite literally the three biggest issues. And there is zero difference in your platforms on this does it actually matter who i vote for no i didn't vote for my state rep because i couldn't they were the same person 
Yeah, it, it's it's astounding. It's same effect is going on here in Tennessee to a degree, whereas it's a lot more Republican dominated. It's not quite as much Republican Democrat hand in hand. It's just that in my particular county, the Republicans just have like this whole uh, good old boys club cigars and handshakes thing going on. <laughs> And it's like the Democratic candidates were so ineffectual and had uh, their platforms so skewed so far to the side that it's like I couldn't good conscious vote for them. Of course, there's no libertarians on the ballot because we're in the same position where Ohio was not long ago down here. And so – Honestly, for the August elections, I ended up writing in a bunch of local LPRs for a bunch of positions. <laughs> nice. And uh, no, my wife got to vote for sheriff. You know, I was, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, 30 seconds of thinking away from putting my infant daughter in for uh, county commissioner. You know, like it was that bad. <laughs> you, you know, oh, and then, you know, fast forward here to the. Uh, uh, the midterm elections uh, just a month ago, and uh, honestly, I just sat there on election nights and watched as I never vote for winners. I bet you know what? I, that, that's another thing. People want to vote for winners. They want to be part of a winning team. Mm-hmm. Well, politics, policy, governance—it's not about—it's not a team sport. It's not about being on the winning team. And I think if you have that mentality going into it, and all you do is vote for the caller and vote for the party, and not for the principle, not for what needs to be mm-hmm. done, you take a good, long, hard look at what you're doing as a voter. You know, it's—it's it's preposterous to me. It's bullshit. It is. It is. I, and even since the election, even just in this last month, just the levels of corruption and deceit that have been, that have just come out in the newspapers. I mean, in the newspapers, this is not things that people are digging up. These are the Ohio newspapers, the big ones, like right. the debate commission saying that, oh, no, we investigated ourselves and we didn't do anything wrong. Well, of course. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. <laughs> and no, I, and I, it's hard for me to forget about the Republican Party's shady dealings back in 2014 on the Charlie Earl campaign. You know, I, I had started volunteering for that campaign. And, you know, seeing what happened there, that stuff is still searchable easily online. All you oh, have yeah. to do is really t- – uh, no, honestly, type in John Kasich corruption yep. or John Kasich shady, uh-huh. and, you know, you'll probably get 30 pages of results from the dispatch, from the plane dealer, right. from the inquirer, Absolutely. you know, from these reputable sources. It's unreal. Yeah, I mean, it's openly known as the – John Kasich Re-Election Protection Act. <laughs> right. And it's just, I mean, it's only gone downhill. And that just, it's, it's so bad. I, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, to, like you said, all politics are local. And you, you said, you know, maybe you should have, uh, you know, stepped in last race. But, hey, we've got a race coming up that you are stepping up for. Uh, What's the story behind that? Uh, What what are you running for? All right. Um, I am running for Prairie Township trustee. Uh, It's the most local you can get. That is is (laughs) local small town politics at its finest. Um, So Prairie Township is a group of 13 precincts in Franklin County. Um, and 
it was formed way, way, way back in the day. And it's actually not even contiguous. Like there is a distinct section of Columbus that runs halfway in between. And so it's got a whole lot of unique dynamics going on with it. Uh, now, refresh me. It's been a few years since I lived in Ohio, so refresh me. Is that on kind of like the southwest side of Columbus? Am I right? Correct. That's exactly where it yes. is. Yes. Okay, because <laughs> if I remember correctly, you know, that's where we have like uh, the, the big metro park. And then like over on yes. like Broad. Is that is it like Broad? Isn't that's that where exactly it intersects where the town? Yes. Oh, my memory. My memory yes. is unreal. <laughs> yeah. I know. I am good. You are a witness. I am good friends with the bison out there in the Metro Park. I love them. Oh, yeah. I think I had had more pictures of them on my phone than I did of my wife, I think, when I I first started dating her. Let's be real. Oh, Oh, but yeah. No, that's exactly where it is. And, um, you know, 100 yards uh, farther west, and we're actually out of Franklin County. So it's kind of – Right. It's like a real – Real interesting area. It, it kind of looks like it's gerrymandered, but we wouldn't quite call it gerrymandering, right? <laughs> See, right. And I can't tell if it's because the township itself was formed before Columbus grew up around it and inside of it. And like, it's just a really weird type of situation. And right. like, for example, Prairie Township has its own fire department. Um, however, we use Franklin County Sheriff uh, services. Um, we have our own rec center and rec department, but we also have the Metro Parks. And so pretty much everything we're doing here, almost all of it somehow is going to be linked back to either Franklin County or Columbus, um, just because right. of how it's all so interconnected. So there's a lot of teamwork uh, that has to go on. Yeah, but not the good kind of teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you figure? Let's hear some elaboration um, on that one. <laughs> okay, so we have a beautiful community center, which is like our gym. It's got like all kinds of um, physical education programs. It's got our pool. It's got um, community services and all this stuff. We're also in the middle of building a sports complex. Well, the sports complex... <clears throat> We'll have, of course, like four baseball diamonds, like three or four um, soccer fields, a s- skateboarding park. I mean, it's, it's got everything. Walking paths. It's going to be beautiful. Right it's on. partially inside of Columbus, from what I'm understanding. Um, we're working. Now, see, these kind of parks are the kinds of things where I'm okay with my taxes going <laughs> towards it. Yeah, you know, as long as it's done responsibly, you know? Well, and that's the part that I kind of scratch my head. Like, so there's supposed to be a concession stand in the sports complex. They've had to move the location of the concession stand within the complex a few times. Okay. Every time they keep coming back to the township asking for four or five thousand dollars extra and it was already slated to be at half a million dollars for a Woo-hoo. concession stand. Okay. So, I mean, that, that, that's a stretch. I'm sorry. It is. It is. And so, I mean, admittedly, these are things that I definitely 
Like, I want to be talking to more people who are more directly involved to kind of see if there's part of the story that I'm not understanding. But you're right. It, the numbers don't seem to match up, even with a project that size. Right. Especially if that's um, allocated directly to uh, this concession stand relocation. And, right. and furthermore, why do they keep relocating this concession stand? Is there like some – is it like is it some – township versus uh, city zoning thing is it just like utilities like what's going on there i think it was utilities from what i was understanding when they were discussing that at the uh trustee meeting the other day it was something to do with the utilities and how they had to kind of like relocate it to be easier to um be accessible to the utilities but then once again we're also talking about a situation where the township's paying for it it's supposed to be township facilities once it's finished. It's on Columbus right. land. And so Columbus uh, building inspectors have to come out and okay every step of it. I don't understand why. <laughs> so, you know, now we've got like two different situations going on. I don't understand why the Columbus um, building inspector cannot just kind of be stationed there when they're making these decisions. So it's not like a, oh, we're going to spend a couple thousand dollars to get this part of it started, and then he's going to have to come back out and inspect it. Oh, wait, no, it's wrong. we got to move it again. Like, why can't we just get it right the first time? Just to make sure we yeah. don't have all of this. Instead of playing, like, phone tag with one another, exactly. trying to see what to exactly. do next. Unreal. Uh, so, yeah, th that's uh, definitely an interesting uh, development that, that you'll have to um, engage in. And oh, wait, when is this race? Um, I know I've got some friends out in the Prairie Township area. I want to make sure we get this uh, podcast and, you know, you and your platform out in front of them so they can uh, help support you. Uh, when When's the election? Well, it is uh, November of 2019, November 5th. Um, so I've got a whole year. Um, I... I'm thrilled um, to have this much time to really get in here and uh, get to know my neighbors, you know, find out what issues are the most important here uh, going forward. And uh, it's nonpartisan. So I'm super excited that no matter what, I get to go out there on a daily basis and talk to my neighbors and talk to the trustees and engage in these meetings without having that and stigma of libertarian behind my name. They're going to see right. my ideas. They're going to see that I'm just, I'm a neighbor. I am engaged in the process. I have ideas. I, I have suggestions and it's going to be, it's going to be heard. And I hate the idea that, you know, partisan races aren't like that yet because people aren't ready to hear it. But I also see it as right. like an opportunity. Let me capitalize on this now and build up that name recognition, build up that credibility with my neighbors so that when I do talk about issues, people are going to listen. Right, right. And it's interesting. I've been doing a little bit of low-key studying because um, I've recently become chairman of uh, my county LP, and I've got aspirations to one day run for a local or state office myself. Congratulations. And That's I, awesome. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it just uh, happened last week, so I'm excited to uh, start getting involved here. Uh, but yeah, um, I've noticed that a lot of libertarians – 
tend to have better success, whether it's better numbers or even outright winning races, if it happens to be a nonpartisan office. Mm -hmm. Because it's interesting, even though the branding is something that we should, you know, obviously we're proud of it and we should be proud of it and it should be a good branding. It's like removing that branding takes away uh, a bit of a stigma with within the two party system. So I think nonpartisan races like trustees or uh, school boards or city councils across the country. I think that's a great way for prospective libertarians to really get their, uh, you know, their toes wet and figuring out how they're going to help, uh, you know, go for the bigger offices someday. And I think this is a great first step for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I say, all, all politics are local. I mean, I've always been interested in politics, but the more I think about it, the more I realize that the stuff that affects us the most on a day-by-day basis is what's happening on the most local level. And I just right. I think it's a really good match for me personally. Um, it's going to be really interesting. The, I think the township is changing a lot. What I'm seeing is that the people that are moving into the township are the kind of the older millennial crowd. Like, upper 20s like us? mid 30s yeah <laughs> <laughs> and those that are moving out of the township are the baby boomers who have had their house for 30 years and so you know right. who are ready to retire don't want to have yard work all that good stuff they're moving into the condos and and you know that's awesome life changes are great but why keep the people in power that have been in power for those 30 years Let's change it up and let's exactly. let's bring in the new ideas for the new people that are moving in and let's, you know, use that fresh perspective to solve the problems in a new way. It's high time for some new blood nationwide, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because like uh, one of the biggest complaints that I hear about uh, politics when I'm just casually talking with people is that, you know, it's just a bunch of uh, rich white men making decisions for us. Mm-hmm. You, you know, get get the women in, uh, get the people with, uh, you know, third party or, you know, more traditionally civic minded perspectives in, you know, get the everyday people in and, you know, people with a better idea of how these uh, policies and how these changes affect the individual because you know like the decisions that people like John Kasich or Mike DeWine make <laughs> they don't typically affect people like Mike DeWine or right? John Kasich the way it would you or I Absolutely. And, and so we just need to uh, bust the uh, you know bust them down from their uh, high horse here and uh, make some real changes absolutely uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Uh, do you happen to have like a um, campaign web page or uh, Facebook page set up for your race yet that I can direct people to or anything like that? That's in the works. Um, I have not officially launched my campaign yet. I'm getting everything all set up so that it's all shiny and ready to go. Um, it's going to be up and running in mid-January. So um, I will okay, great. have all of those links and all of that information up within the next couple of weeks.
All right, great, great. Hey, I, t- I tell you what, I'll make sure to uh, post a follow-up uh, on my blog and on my page whenever there's lunch with a link to the show so that way people can hear more from you. That way we can kind of tie everything together and, and make it officially official whenever it happens. And hey, I tell you what, you've been an absolute treat tonight. I, I think it'd be fantastic to have you on again in the future. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much. I would certainly love to come back uh yeah and, and it'd be it'd be a blast to have uh now, now chrissy uh chrissy wickers is the one that directed you to me here she was a guest a few episodes ago oh, yeah. and a dear friend of mine great person um <laughs> And, and, you know, I, I say she's a great dear friend of mine, but I never took the time to learn how to pronounce her married name. So. <laughs> well, I mean, according to the Republicans here in Ohio, we're really not sure if she's Chrissy or Kristen or Wickers or Joe. We're really just yeah. not sure who she is. <laughs> Uh, yeah now um let me ask you this is jennifer flower in fact your real name let's get that out of the way now yes it is <laughs> oh, oh, oh no i i tell you what um, i i love uh punning uh you know one cool thing about this podcast system is when you listen to it on anchor fm uh i get to put uh music from spotify on as buffer oh, nice. music okay and, and so the next time that I have Chrissy on, I'm telling you right now, the intro song will be Say My Name. Absolutely. And then, and then the outro song will be that Ting Ting's classic, That's Not My Name. Yeah. That's Not My Name. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But no, I'm just so glad to hear that there's not going to be a name gate controversy with you. Oh, and, man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there better not be. They would have... I don't even know. I, I don't even know. They're, they're crazy. If anybody... If, Anybody can manufacture a controversy out of your legal name. It is the Ohio Republican Party. That is true. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah. So Chrissy, um, what, what's her role? Is she going to be like working with your campaign? Is she your manager? Like, what's the what's the dealio? Yeah, she is my campaign manager. So she she is just an amazing resource because she has been involved in so much um, like single issue activism. She has worked on so many political campaigns of so many different levels and just recently having been a candidate herself it's it's just such a really a strong perspective and i'm learning so much from her and honestly we're having a ton of fun getting everything planned for the great. Year. oh no she, she's she's great and honestly uh, the people of ohio's uh, district 77 don't know what they're missing out on by not voting for her that would have been fun to watch her take office i know oh, oh yeah <laughs> uh but no um, I, it sounds like you've got a great team getting put together um it sounds like uh, you've got already a you're really in touch with your community and how you're going to get started uh yeah so whether it's jennifer flyer the candidate the activist or the person you know what, what else do you want everybody to get to know about you tonight I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, I said whether it's you as the activist or the candidate or the person, uh, was there anything else that you uh, wanted our listeners to know about you? You know, I, I really can't think of anything. I mean, with me, it's just I am who I am. I'm going to tell it like it is. And everything goes back to politics being local. I just want to know my community. I want to make my community strong. 
Um, you know, what I'm seeing in the Columbus area right now is a lot of the echoes of so many of the problems that Colorado had the last couple of years. Um, yes. It's just like the extremely fast growth and not really knowing what to do with it and building like three apartment complexes in two months and all this crazy stuff. And so Prairie Township is so part of that because it can't be disconnected from it. And so I just, I see all these things and I just, if nothing else, I want to use my campaign as a platform to talk about this, to find a way to say, Hey, let's grow, but let's grow responsibly. Let's find a way to do this. Let's not price people out of their homes. Let's make sure we have a place for everyone. Let's keep the job growth going. Um, But let's not forget our roots. I mean, Prairie Township has a strong history of being very connected to the agricultural sector. And I would hate for all of the farming and farmland and small businesses to go away just because a bunch of apartment complexes move in. Right. And uh, that's a very strong, very great platform. And I I agree, the agricultural heritage around Columbus and Prairie Township is something to be proud of. And that's uh, something that's important to keep a hold of as we go into the more industrialized, you know, robot age on on the horizon. So, uh, no, I appreciate you being a good steward for the um, agricultural industry over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I know every politician says it, and it sounds so cheesy, but they're the background of the, uh, you know, the backbone of the country. I mean, they really are. Like without, without the people who actually produce the things, whether it's the food, whether it's the machines, whether it's you know anything, the people who produce the things that we consume, we have to keep those sectors healthy. It can't Agreed. just be a service only based economy because it's not real the things that you can touch and feel and consume those are what's real and we need to keep that healthy 100 percent agreed and uh yeah you know uh, with respects to time constraints hey i tell you why <laughs> this has been an entertaining show from my perspective it's been great getting to know you more and more about your platform but i'm, I'm sure you know uh if, if people have stuck with us this far they're absolute troopers Big fans of Jennifer Flower, look her up on Facebook and get ready for those campaign announcements in mid-January. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Again, uh, this is Tyler Woodbridge on behalf of uh, Jennifer Flower and the Trigger Report. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you again, Jennifer. It was a pleasure having you on tonight. Thanks so much. Have a great night. All right, you too. Thank you so much. And good luck with your race. Thank you.